Hey everyone, this is Dawn. And this is Dylan. And this is Sex Gets Real. Woohoo! Yay! So of course we've got a plethora of random amazing sex things for you today. We're just going to jump right in. This one is, well it depends on how, what Dylan thinks, but this one's going to be a little bit of a rant from me. Okay. There is a website called The Daily Love, and it is a blog, and community members are allowed to ask questions, and then the community responds. Recently, a woman posted that her boyfriend of several years was no longer having sex with her, and she was looking for support in whether the relationship was over, if this was fixable. Was it her? And one of the things she cited as she was talking about the relationship was that he's still watching porn. He's just not having sex with her. Now, I responded about some thoughts on how to have some open conversations that didn't lead to fights and ways to get over a sex rut, which we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode. And then I thought him watching porn was actually a good thing. And the reason being, it shows he still has a sexual libido. Porn is also a way for guys to experience sex that doesn't have a lot of pressure attached to it. So a lot of men have to deal with performance anxiety. They have to worry about keeping their cock hard. They have to worry about pleasing their partners. And there's a lot of stress on especially heterosexual men. I'm not sh as sure about gay men. But for heterosexual men, you know, women tend to have a lot of expectations around sex. And that can be really stressful and take the fun out. For him, porn is probably an escape where he doesn't have to worry about somebody's feelings or living up to somebody's expectations or having difficult conversations. He can just relax and kind of enjoy the sex experience. And I found that to be a positive because it meant there was something to build on. In response to my comment, a woman said that she felt the fact that he was watching porn was a sign that their relationship was in trouble. I wanted to open that up for us to discuss because I really, really disagree with that. Is it a possibility? Yes. Is it the only option? No. And I hate that porn is vilified and seen as something that only broken people do. No way. Yeah. I love porn. See, we both watch porn. We love porn. Yeah. And you have a really healthy relationship. Yes. That, and that's something that just really frustrates the fuck out of me. I hate that there's so many people out there who feel like, well, my husband much, must watch porn because he doesn't love me. Or my husband oh, watches porn because I don't give him what he wants. Or my husband watches too much porn. Or, you know, you catch your boyfriend watching porn and it's gross. Or I, I know a friend of mine, actually, who found her boyfriend's porn and all of the porn was of chicks with ginormous boobs and she's flat chested and she took it very personally and mm. felt like I'm not good enough. Mm. And that's not it at all. Mm -mm. Porn is completely about fantasy. Yeah. It has nothing to do with reality. Yes. And I feel like there's just so much hurt and shame around porn. And yes, there is unhealthy porn. And yes, there's porn out there where, you know, women are really portrayed in a negative light and all that stuff. But that aside, I personally see porn as something that everybody does at some point in their life. You do it when you're in a healthy relationship. You do it when you're in a broken relationship. You do it when you're sad. You do it when you're happy. It's just there. And women probably less so than men use porn as an outlet. But I guarantee you, just shy of 100% of all men watch porn. 
yeah. in some fashion. They're yeah. either looking at pictures or they're watching videos or something. I mean, yeah. sh- even shit, even if they're jacking off to like People Magazine, I mean, that can be porn yeah. depending on how you're using it. Yeah. So I just really felt like there was something broken about that woman's answer, that if he's watching porn, there's something wrong with their relationship. And I really disagree with that. Well, to me, it sounds like that woman has a negative attitude towards porn. Mm-hmm. So you can't really make a good assessment on that that woman and what she was saying. You know, I, you and I, I think, agree on our views of porn. I like porn. I watch porn with my wife or I watch it alone. She watches porn with me or she does it on her own. But you know what? We share the fact on the days that we watch porn by ourselves, we let each other know. You know? <laughs> I I'm love like, that. I'm like, hee hee, I watched a little porn today. And he's like, oh really? Did you? Yeah. And then we just, you know, we, we have fun with it. It's important, I think, to share that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That we don't keep any of that stuff from the... And I think a lot of people do, A, because... They probably think there's some shame behind it mm-hmm. that, A, you were either watching porn because it's dirty and you're a pervert or the fact that attached to watching porn, I know you jerked off. Yeah. That kind of thing. And I'm like, damn, I'm glad you were able to have an orgasm because I know how good it feels yeah. when I do it. And we we can discuss and be happy for our partner yeah. that they were able to achieve an orgasm today. <laughs> right. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> you know that... I didn't get one, dang it, because I'm at work, but you can have one. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that, depending on, not knowing the full story of the lady and, you know, are they having absolutely zero sex? How long has it been? What type of porn is he watching? Maybe you can have those discussions Mm -hmm. if that's his kink or something completely separate from, because, you know, I can tell you, my wife has fantasies in her mind. She's very visual in her mind and she can get herself very excited that way and not necessarily would watch that same type of porn. And she doesn't want to do those things, though, that she thinks about. Yes. You know what I mean? Totally. She's like, no, because I'm always like, oh, tell me what you... Tell me what you thought about. Tell me what your fantasy was. And she's like, no, because then you're just going to think I want to do them and I don't. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I probably would think that. but. That's something that I'm trying to work work on with right. her, because then I just get excited. I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah, that's, that's hot. hot. That's hot. <laughs> but that's not, you know, just because she fantasizes about it or watches those particular porns, she yeah. doesn't want to do those right. things. And I think that's so important, too. Yeah. I mean, if, if you read Mating in Captivity by Esther Pearl, <clears throat> that's a book about maintaining eroticism in long-term relationships mm-hmm. and how hard it is for everybody. She's a couples therapist. It is, and I'm... And I think even more so, you know, I think that dreaded lesbian bed death thing that they they talk about is true. It is true. And I just think it's, you know, on the scientific level or whatever, our libidos just aren't as high. I don't know what, I can't honestly say. Well, she has a theory about that. You, I mean, you obviously have a very large hungry sexual appetite. Yes. Okay. Female. And you were in a lesbian relationship and your partner did not have the same appetite as you. Right. And obviously, you know... That imploded. Imploded. Yeah. But when when I think me and my wife were, were kind of... There's a little bit of an age difference, and sometimes that might have a play into it, sometimes not. I don't know. They always say that women reach their sexual peaks at different times. Who knows? But two women dealing with periods or whatever, mood swings, life. We have two different sexual appetites and then sometimes we just equally don't want to have sex for a while yeah and we're like 
we touch base and we're like, do you feel like you're not getting enough sex or whatever? No, you know what? I am so like not in it this month. Whatever. We're cool. Right. We did go through a lull quite a few months and we talked about it and got into figuring out what, you know, what mm -hmm. is going to stimulate it. And you have the options of picking a night, try to pick a night. Yeah. And we're going to call it like uh, porn and pizza Fridays mm -hmm. or something, you know, it's like, yeah. Hey, this is the day we're going to do nothing. Don't plan anything. We're going to watch porn and have pizza and stimulate. Yes. Let's, let's see if we get stimulated. Yeah. You know, I think there's this weird thing that people have, too, that planning sex somehow takes the sexy out of it. I, oh. I really don't think that's the case, though, because for me, a perfect example is last night I played with one of my partners. Mm -hmm. I've known for a week that Thursday night was going to mm -hmm. be the night that I played with my partner. Yeah. All week long that cranked me up. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it. We were texting. We were emailing. Yeah. We were talking about what we were going to do when we saw each other. And it wasn't this dreaded, like, oh, sex is planned. It was this hot, like, yes, we can yeah. build up to it. And so when we actually get there, it's ginormously yeah. explosive. And honestly, if we had just last minute kind of met up that night, it probably wouldn't have been as hot because yeah. we didn't have all that buildup. Yeah. So I love that idea of, like, let's have pizza and porn night. And you schedule yeah. it. And then you can have all this buildup and talk about what you're going to do that night and you can plan, you know, mm -hmm, to wear your sexy mm -hmm. undies yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So planning sex, I think, is actually a really hot thing to do mm -hmm. for couples. And here's the other thing on, on the extreme side of that is, let's say we did have porn and pizza night and then the partner's like, oh God, tonight is porn and pizza night. I'm so not in the mood. But you know what? Once you get started yeah. and then you reach that orgasm and you're like, Oh my God, I don't know why I was dreading this, but man, that was so good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and then you forget, it's very hard to remember how the end of your last sex session was. It's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, we all know we ended in orgasm and it was a good time or whatever, but you're like, getting, getting to that yeah. might take a little bit of time. Right. So sometimes we have those days and then sometimes you have, you know, like you, yeah. you're like, Oh my God, I know I'm going to have Getting sex it on. on Thursday. It's going to be freaking awesome. Yeah. Because, you know, my friends, my friends were all in our 40s. We're all 45, 46 now. The group of girls that I went to high school with. They're all married to men. And then there's me. So we meet annually and we just have this big, everybody gets drunk and eats horrible food all weekend. I asked them curiously. And I must have asked while I'm having a lull. Mm -hmm. And I said do you guys have sex like a lot with your, and they've been married like 20 plus years or whatever. Like, you know, yeah. some of them were high school sweethearts and they're like, Oh yeah, you got to plan that shit. You know, <laughs> they're like, Oh yeah. So-and-so and so-and-so have it every Wednesday. Yeah. And then this couple over here has a sex night dedicated as well as a blowjob night. Yeah. You know, like yeah. tonight you're just getting a blowjob, you know, or whatever. Oh, that's so important too. Like sex doesn't yeah. always have to be intercourse. Yeah. I think that's so hot. I mean, I, it shouldn't always be about intercourse. Sometimes get in the backseat of your car in like a yeah. parking lot outside the movie theater and like make out and give a hand job. Yeah. Hot as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And then end it. Yeah. You know, because then you still have that like build up and the mm -hmm. next time you guys are naked together, you can finish yeah. it. And like, so I love that idea of like yeah. blowjob night. Awesome. But yeah, that's what, you know, it keeps it alive and they, you know. Yeah. Barring any whatever periods that come along the way or whatever but that is the plan yeah but those guys and they they still and i was really surprised i'm like geez well oh, I, we better spruce up our <laughs> i i will not have lesbian bed death that's you know, right kind of thing so yeah i mean 
you got to plan it. Oh, so back, I don't know, have we digressed from this? A little the, bit. I mean, we were going to talk about getting over sex threats too, but let, yeah. let, let's just do it all. If, yeah, so I mean, I guess if you, you know, designate the sex nights, try that, and I don't know, the guy's into porn. I'm, I'm against what that one woman said where... He's either gay or he's cheating. Did we get on to that question? No, we'll get okay. to that in just a minute. Okay. So this one, I don't think the relationship is broken quite yet without knowing all the nitty-gritty about yeah. that particular couple. Just because he's watching porn and not having sex with you, I think some open communication needs to be done. Yeah. A, you know. And there's and some then, stuff to try before you yeah. give up. If you're committed. Yeah. If you're not really committed and there's other things that aren't working for you, then yes, this might be the yeah. time to part ways. Yeah. If this is something where you both really want to make it work and there's a lot of love, there's ways around that. Yeah. Now, I do think porn can be used as a Band-Aid. I'm just saying that's not the only thing that it's used for. Right. And that was kind of what this comment was, was if he's watching porn, then things are broken. And that's not a black and white case for right, me at right. all. Because porn can be watched when you're having a really healthy sex life or when you're I in agree. a really, really healthy relationship. I do think, though, that porn is an escape and can be to a point where it is damaging to a relationship. Mm -hmm. If someone is afraid of having tough conversations, mm -hmm. maybe, like, for example, I know somebody who is married and he loves his wife very much mm -hmm. and they have a very traditional heterosexual relationship, mm -hmm. but to his core, he is dying inside because he knows with everything that he is, he's meant to be like the world's biggest submissive. And he mm. wants a really strong dominant wow. woman to literally dedicate his life to, but he can't get that from his wife. Wow. And so he gets that through watching porn and through talking to people online and through having this secret life almost where he can explore that on his own when his wife isn't around. That's a point where I think porn starts to become dangerous because now there's lying to yourself more than yeah. anything, but he's not allowing himself to have a conversation with his wife yeah. that could take their relationship someplace really interesting. And I think a lot of us get into relationships and we're so convinced that we know what our partner's going to say, right. we never say it. Right, right. You know, he's so convinced his wife's going to be completely disgusted or freaked out by yeah. what he says, he's not willing to have the conversation and instead they're both suffering. Right. You know, and she may not even realize that she's suffering at right. this point, but there's lying and there's, you know, cheating to an extent yeah. because he's being, you know, very closed off and he's yeah. not being vulnerable. So I do think porn can be used as a way to not have tough conversations, yeah. but you have to have tough conversations I to have a relationship. Those are the ones who go to the dominatrix and, yep. and, uh, and spend a thousand dollars an hour. Yeah. Cause yes, ladies and gentlemen and queers out there, professional dominatrix folks can make like a thousand dollars an hour just beating the shit out of somebody. Yeah. So I need to add this to my resume because I want to make a thousand dollars an hour beating the shit out of somebody. Yeah. Hell yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> sounds good to me. It may not get me off, but I'll make a thousand dollars an hour. Hell yeah. So I'm just putting that on the table. Hey, anybody it's, not about, it's not all about me getting off, right? It's about me helping you get off. That's right. And <laughs> That's throw me what a grand. I'm down with that. <laughs> I will wear whatever freaking outfit you want me to wear and dominate your ass. Just give yes. me $1,000. So, uh, yes, we do digress a little bit. Yeah. But porn, it's not necessarily an evil. It's not necessarily real life. Yeah. You know, there's so much more about porn. And there is porn addiction. So, totally. yeah, like you said, there is porn addiction. Yeah. There, I mean, there's guys I know who, like, jerk off m multiple times in a day because, yeah. 
I think, yeah, that's, but I don't think that's the problem here yeah. with this particular couple. Right. Yeah, there's, I mean, anything can be taken too far. Anything mm -hmm. can be done, you know, with an ill spirit mm -hmm. or in a way that's not healthy, but that's yeah. not automatically what porn means. Right. And I think a lot of people feel like porn is where you turn when things don't work anymore. Right. And that's not the case. So I just want to make sure our listeners hear that. Hear, know that we love porn and we like to discuss it in a positive light. <laughs> that's okay? right. We're going to have a porn star on at some yes. point too. And don't oh, forget. won't you love that. Yeah, maybe it'll be James yeah. Dean. <laughs> oh, Let's not go okay, down that road. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> now, now I'm flustered yeah. thinking about James Dean. One of the things that you just said when you were talking about, you know, lesbians trying to make time to have sex. Yes. This might be gross for some people. So, if you're super sensitive, too damn bad. We talk about everything here. That's right. You said sometimes when you're on your periods... You don't want to have sex. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that a little bit. Okay. When you are on your period or when your wife is on her period, does that mean sex is off the table? No, we have done that in the past. Yeah. And it is okay. We just have to prep for it. And I will say that of late, since March of last year, I no longer have a period. Oh. Because, not because I'm that fucking oh. old. <laughs> not because I'm that fucking old and I've reached menopause. I'm not that old. Uh, getting close, I'm hoping. But I had the procedure. Oh, yep. Uh-huh. I had the uterine ablation mm -hmm. and I am so happy for it. Yeah. So happy for it. So it didn't just trinkle away. It just stopped. went away. It stopped. And my, so you don't have to worry about making a mess anymore. None whatsoever. I'm nice. like, boop, boop. And it doesn't, you know, I still have my moods or whatever and might have a cramp every now and then, but it's nothing like, hello, I don't have to worry about anything. Oh, what what day is it? I don't care. I don't care. That's because I'm not on care. my period. I don't get snow period. Yeah. yeah. So every now and then, I, if I get the super munchies or something, are you having your fake period? I'm like, <laughs> I think I must be fake my PMSing. fake PMSing. <laughs> I'm like, I need cake. So. See, so in my long relationship that I had, mm -hmm. sex on my period or on my partner's period mm. was kind of off limits. Like it was seen, mm. it, it was just kind of gross, you know, yeah. and taboo seeming almost. Yeah. I remember a friend of mine who's married saying that her husband goes down on her when, even when she's bleeding. Mm -hmm. I've done that. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, like, okay, if we're going to get really, I mean, I have. I mean, you're not like going all the way I'm in. Not, yeah. You know, right. I'm not being a vampire or whatever. And then sometimes you could start for those who are interested, you can start with the tampon in. Yeah. And then you're just yeah. doing your business and licking all around the pussy because it still feels good, even more so because it's supercharged and. There, yeah. There's Full this guy of volume that I'm and swollen. Totally. You know yeah, what I you're mean? You're really sensitive. You're sensitive. Yeah. And you just put the little string over to the side and do you your ignore business. Ignore it. Right. Yeah. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. On, yeah. on the, there's this guy that I'm seeing who's really awesome. And on our very first date, we had some shenanigans in the backseat of a car. Yeah. That's like a thing I do. You guys will get used to me saying that. But. <laughs> So we were in the backseat of my rental and we were making out and kind of like touching and my undies came off and I was on my period and I had a tampon in. And you know what? He did not flinch. Yeah. And he even 
fingered me with my tampon in. And really? let me tell you, I had wow. never had anybody do that. It was hot. Wow. Like, it felt good. Okay. Like, he was just, I don't know. Like, it was kind of weird and kind of taboo. You're but like, oh, he just this... didn't even think about it at all. And, like, yeah. that turned me on. Then wow. he was like, I want to touch you so bad. I don't even care. There's a string whoa, hanging out. Whoa, whoa. You know, like, isn't that yeah, hot? Yeah, that's hot. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And, like, there that's, was. That's so dirty. Like, <laughs> I know. All senses. That's just Absolutely. Dirty. Yes. Okay. And I dig yeah. that. And then in the fall, I had this lover who was amazing, and he loved eating me out so much, he didn't even care if I was on my period. Really? He was just going to go for He's it. all about his blood wings he, and shit. Well, yeah, yeah, he just didn't, like, care. Like, he didn't, didn't like it, yeah, but he yeah, didn't yeah. care. He, like, like, needed to have his tongue on my clit, and it, he didn't care if I was bleeding at all. And that was one of the first times yeah. that it occurred to me, holy crap, I can have sex when I'm on my period and it can yeah. still be hot. You just throw a towel down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like either take your tampon out right before you start yeah. or you like scrub it really good or like ooh, ooh, whatever. Ooh. Here's another one. Yeah. Leave the tampon in and just have anal sex. There you go. See? That's always my yeah, experience. Yeah, I like that. I'm like, well, oh, since that one's time for some busy, love. how about we try the other one? <laughs> you know? Because there's more than one hole down there. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then you put the towel down and you're good and, yeah. you know, and then you just jump in the shower. It's all good. Exactly. Yeah. You should just have like a towel and you throw it, it down. It is not and... taboo. People just need to let things go. And, yeah. You like know. sex is just messy. Yeah. I mean, you get cum, like, everywhere. And there's, like, lube all over your hands. Yeah, exactly. And, like, then the latex smell from the condoms, like, in your ear or whatever. Who knows? I mean, like, it just goes everywhere. So what's a little blood? I mean, if you're not fluid bonded with somebody, then clearly you want to be a little bit more careful. But that doesn't mean you can't have your partner, like, rub your clit or even finger you. And then, you know, they just have to be careful. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, shit. Have fun with that. Down with it. totally, yeah. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It is, um, and I think in within the lesbian community, I think they're they're probably a little bit more forgiving of the whole period thing. Yeah. Because otherwise, the chances of like having sex are so, so like, slim. Yeah. And, and then you're fighting against lesbian bed death theories, <laughs> and then no, it's our period, and it's like two women, and the odds of being cycled is like okay, we have three days this month that we might be able to have a sex fuck that fuck that yeah yeah exactly we're we're having sex and it's gonna be messy yeah fuck it i think sex should be messy it should be messy yeah i want lube in weird places because we just had so much fun and like stains on the bed and and, oil and like massage oil exactly yeah yeah i'm gonna slide put just slide my everywhere over you yeah that's hotness so if you guys have any questions about sex on your period or you think that's really super gross and you want to talk about that let us know we're always open to questions or stories Mm -hmm. and we will keep moving on so dylan let's talk about strap-on sex okay edumacate our readers on how to have awesome strap-on sex what i have found out is proper placement is key (laughs) You must properly place the strap and the base of the dildo in the right spot in order to have the most incredible orgasm. As the wearer. As the wearer. Ooh. As the wearer. So this is for women who are strapping on. This is for women who are strapping on as opposed to men can strap men on. Are strapping on? Uh-huh. Like with an extension? You can either do an extension or like if their cock is caged. They can ah, put a strap on, or if but if their cock is ca- oh, and you just want them to like have a little higher, sex yeah, with the dildo. right. Oh. Or oh, you know, if you have yeah. someone who's impotent, 
and they mm. still want to be able to bang their partner. Okay. I've seen, you know, guys who just really have medical issues and can't get it up. And so they use strap-ons so that they can still, like, fuck the shit out of their partners. Okay. But anyway, you know, placement's different for different bodies. But for I would you, think that, yeah, for, for different bodies, the men, yeah, that I wouldn't... I would assume it would be sort of the same, but obviously they they had they would have their thing in the way. They would have their penis in the way for where they would put it. Yeah, it would probably but have to ride know, a little higher. I would yeah. push that shit down, just like the drag queens do. Hell yeah. They hide that shit somewhere and then just put it where it should be. Yeah. Some <laughs> you know of those what I mean? drag queens are Woo! amazingly beautiful and convincing. Yes. Anyway, so was, back to your strap on. Okay, so... And I'm not sure if I, like, discovered it on accident or how it happened, but went and got my strap on and you know and I didn't discover it until like years into being in this lesbian relationship a- any re- lesbian rela- I'm like what is this what <laughs> feels is so this? good yeah yeah because you know it was like okay I'll take care of you and then you take care of me that was you know the way it was until I discovered the strap on so you get yourself a good harness and you and your harness become one okay mm-hmm. and I've noticed in the course of my years I've had the dildos that had the big balls attached I've had the dildos that had the suction thing attached to it and then I've had the straight my current one is just a straight dong dildo with a widened base with mm-hmm. no balls yeah that I actually had a little learning curve with that and I'm not sure if it was because of the mass of the the thing and you understand the mass when you talk about the weight of the whole dildo and where it is strapped in and the contact points on your body. We can lead into that other podcast I heard that was so disturbing to me about how women were talking about how you're not going to achieve an orgasm while you're wearing the strap on and they Bullshit. were talking about yeah. pegging. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it made me so mad. And that was kind of <laughs> the catalyst to saying, we need to have this podcast because yes, you can. When you put it on, you have to make sure that the strap on comes down far enough. I believe most women wear it up too high. Ah, uh, so, so that the cock itself is like over your clit? You have, the base of that cock has yeah. to be on your clit. Nice, okay. Yes. And I think people wear it up here on their pubic mound. Yeah. And that's a problem. And then you, it's even awkward when you're, when you're doing thrusting. your thrusting motions because you're like, yeah, you know you're getting a good push in with, the thrust because you're using your pelvic bone and everything yeah but man if it is down and you know it feels good for them because every time you slap into them Mm -hmm. it slaps into your clit nice so basically you're controlling your own orgasm while you are fucking the hell out of them that's hot so if you want to give yourself a rest because you don't want to come too fast Lift it up a little bit. Oh, see? And Secrets of the trade. Still bang the hell out of their ass or their front or you're like, I'm going to fuck you some more. I'm going to flip you over. And yeah. You don't want to come yet, right? Right. So you're just doing your thing and then you bring it back down. Mm-hmm. And then you that way you can push it way into them and just grind. Yeah. And you can do it that way or whatever. Whatever position, it, it'll take a learning curve, but you have to make sure. And then... Don't give up is the thing. Sometimes you might feel like you're not going to come that way. Mm-hmm. But man, once you figure it out, <laughs> you have the most explosive. <laughs> and it's almost like that. And eventually it becomes like that your dildo cock. is fucking an ex- pure extension of yourself. Yeah. And you're 
yeah. blowing your fucking load. Nice. <laughs> you know, while you're orgasming, you're like, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, just did that motion again. That was like, amazing. Nobody can see what I'm doing. I'm like air fucking whatever. But that is the key. And you have to make sure that shit is tight up tight. against you. Yeah. You can't have it so that the so that the base comes off you like all the time. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Is that because you just want to make sure that as at the ultimate inner point of the dildo going into your partner that it is smacking back on your clit. Yeah. And not a whole lot of that flap, flap, flap thing. Right. Going on, you know what I mean? You might yeah. get a little bit, but you just want to make sure that you're cinched just as tightly around your legs as it is around your hips and mm -hmm. good to go. That's awesome. But yeah, that's in, you know, a lot of people don't believe that it can happen. And when it does happen, it is explosive. And I, you know, like I said, speaking to some femi lesbians who strap it on, they were completely buying the wrong type of straps or mm -hmm. they were just wearing them way too high and i'm like no 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 i mean that i guess that's okay if your goal is to just give the pleasure but yeah. why not give it and receive it at the same yeah, time yeah totally to for lesbians to come at the same time yeah is the most amazing thing <laughs> you know i think I mean? that's true of anybody yeah if you can match it oh yeah. hell yeah 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 because uh, it's it's so rare. It's usually yeah. Do you you do me right exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? That was totally the yeah. case in my relationship. Yeah. Although I did, you know, my ex did strap it on at the beginning of our relationship, mm -hmm. and that was hot. Yeah. It was really hot. It was but really good sex to the end. No, just in the beginning oh. was kind of our thing. I mean, receiving strap-on sex is super hot, yeah. and I am I love pegging videos yeah. nowadays. Really. And yeah. that's hot too. So lots of different options with strap yeah. on sex. I yeah. Mean, if you can achieve it that way and the way that I've, I mean, I would be, we, we must bring that back to the conversation to hear if that was successful for you. Yes. We would love to hear questions about strap ons or stories about strap ons, anecdotes about strap ons, fears mm -hmm. about strap ons. So if you guys have anything about strap on sex, like yeah. if you are a straight couple, how would you introduce strap on sex? That would yeah. be that would be awesome to talk about. I want to talk about that at some I point. I could tell you what's I could tell you how Peggy. somebody introduced that to me. Nice. M male partner bought one and had me wear it, and I was like, "What? Well, what exactly did you want me to do with it?" I'm like, "You can't just bring that to me and then not ever talk to me about <laughs> what wanting." You want. <laughs> what did you want me to like? Um, at first I I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, is that an extension for you or something?" I was like, "I didn't think we needed that." And it was just like, oh, he wanted so you to fuck his he ass. wants me to fuck him in the ass. And I was like, oh, I'm not. Uh... And it's unfortunately that individual caught me at the wrong time in my life when yeah. I wasn't in a place to explore stuff like that. And right. I was like, oh, that's a little weird to me. But well, I definitely think now, that there's a lot of people who feel like any man who wants anal play or anal sex must be secretly gay. And yeah. that is so far from yeah. the truth. Yeah. I mean, especially for anybody that's done any kind of anal play, you know that shit feels good. Mm -hmm. Like, really, really good. So whether you're straight or you're gay, having something feel good feels good. Yeah. And so strap-on sex for straight men and happens, you know, and it's hot. And you know what? I was, I'm very guilty of that. I used to think that way. Yeah. I was had the sneaky suspicion that... And, you know, who knows? That person might still have some gay tendencies <laughs> because they were sort of effeminate. And um, he he had that weird sense of gaydar attraction where mm. gay men always flock to him. Yeah. Even though he, you know what I mean? Yeah. So either way. But I used to think that, man, if you want me to 
fuck you in your ass that you have some gay tendencies. And that's ridiculous in the sense that just because I like the, my wife likes to receive my strap on. Right. Doesn't mean she wants to have sex with a man. Yeah. It doesn't make her straight. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And so I'm like, oh, what was I thinking? But now I'm like wiser and a little bit more open to that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's ridiculous to think that way. Totally. Um, People are, you know, it's my sex crazed friend who I won't name at this time. She has met a lot of men who want her to peg them. Yes. And uh, and she's into I it. Think she it's wants really to common. she wants to check it out. She's like, I'm down with that. Yeah. It's and hot. That's when we were uh, researching pegging podcasts or whatever and then um, came across all that stuff. But there, you know, the one particular thing that even my guy, one of my really good guy friends said he was talking about the it's that strapless Yes, thing. I have one of those. Isn't that the one where you have to have like Kegel muscles of steel in order yeah. for it to work? Yeah, yeah, I have a dildo that has two sides to it. So one is a it woman. Up on yeah, it's curved okay. so almost it's G spotty. Yeah. But the point of it is for a woman to be able to wear this dildo without a harness mm-hmm. and have it inside of her so she's getting penetrated and then she has a cock and she can penetrate her partner. Yeah. I, it's heavy as hell. I mean, it's a high, yeah. high quality dildo made from fantastic material. It's yeah. silicone and it's thick and it's got some good girth to it. So it's a very heavy dildo. Yeah. Plus it's got two sides. Yeah. Man, unless you're laying down, yeah. that thing just slides right out, especially once you get wet yeah. because there's just nothing holding it in. So I ended up having to use my hand to, to keep hold it, it in. Which is, that's why it's, which kind of defeats like, the purpose. There's no way anyone yeah. would be able to squeeze and yeah. hold that thing. If in. I was on my back and someone was riding me, that might work mm. if I had my legs together. I bet you that shit would still but slip it out. Would, yeah, yeah. Or it would hit a weird position yeah. and it wouldn't feel very good. So I, that's I mean, why I said it's important to make sure that thing is strapped and stable Yeah. so that you know that every hit counts Yeah. on both sides. Have you not used a double-sided dildo yeah, for your strap-on? Yeah, we got one of those ginormous ones. Well, no, like, I mean for your strap-on. Oh, no, uh-uh. You don't have, you I don't, don't have something? one. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Because the orgasm I get from that is like so amazing. I don't yeah. need to be penetrated. Rock on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's so explosive. I, I wish everybody could experience <laughs> I mean, the, as far as every butch who straps it on, I yeah. mean, I hope that they are all in a place where they can experience that yeah. awesomeness. But yeah, I don't know. We've had the, we've got the little double-sided dong thing to play with and whatnot, but not, um, I've never had, I don't think I've ever, we've had a lot of toys that didn't work and we've chucked in the past, but yeah. I don't think that was ever one of them that... We've had a weird, weird one. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen them, but I've never... Never played with one. That wasn't that important to me at the yeah. time. So yeah, strap-on sex is awesome. Yes. And something to experiment with. And just because yeah. you're having strap-on sex doesn't have to mean your cock is ginormous either. I mean, you can you can definitely get tighter rings and get a really small dildo so that if you did want to try some ass play or mm-hmm. something like that, I mm-hmm. mean, you don't have to be ripping somebody in half because you've got this like eight inch cock. Right. You can have this four inch cock yeah. that, you know, isn't very girthy and just yeah. to try it out. Plus it's not heavy on the wearer. It's Lots a little of tiny. I'll be honest. I, oh, wait a minute. Did I, I did peg a guy. <laughs> See? 
it was with the tiny one because he was afraid. Yeah. And it was so small. It was so small for everyone involved that it was not successful. Was, oh, but at least a, you tried. It was a horrible drunken night, yeah. <laughs> well, drunken sex, yeah. <laughs> Those are bad yeah. decisions all around. Yeah, they are. They were. <laughs> I was like, oh, but we were safe because it was <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was so sad. It was, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that is good advice. Always, always explore um, butt love with small first before you decide to get brave. Mm -hmm. I agree. With that. Okay. One of the other things that we wanted to talk about today was sex workers. I am a huge fan of Mistress Matisse. She is a regular guest on Dan Savage's Love Cast. Mm -hmm. She is on Twitter. I follow her there as well as a number of other sex workers. And there have been a lot of discussions lately about sex work being vilified. Now, we all know human trafficking is a huge problem. For our listeners out there, you may not realize, but human trafficking is happening in almost every single community in the United States of America on a daily basis. This is true. So human trafficking, especially of young girls and young boys, is a ginormous problem. It's... It's really scary, it's really sad, and there's often not a way out for these kids and for these young people. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a problem. And it's something that we need to crack down on, and it's something we need to raise awareness of. But there is a tendency for people who are fighting for human trafficking laws to assume that all sex work somehow involves abuse or victimization. I thoroughly disagree with that position. Uh, yeah, I mean, I disagree. Uh, isn't some, isn't some states have legalized prostitution? Well, Nevada does, okay. and there might be another one, but Nevada has legalized sex work. Like, you can go to the Bunny Ranch, which is okay. outside of Reno, Nevada. Okay. And that is um, a house where you go and you buy sex from women, right. and they perform all kinds of sex acts. So it is legalized there, but I believe that it... You have to be licensed and there's right. restrictions. You know, you can't... I don't think you can do, like, street corner type stuff. Right. I think you have to be a legal business. Right, right, right. And, of course, there's other rules in other states that allow certain types of sex work, mm -hmm. but not others. Right. I know that there are a lot of folks who do sex work, like, you know, someone who's a dominatrix, and they can run a business where they're doing educational things, mm. teaching someone how to get spanked, teaching ah. someone how to take a caning. Right. And that is a very sexualized activity that they're being paid for, but right. it doesn't necessarily involve actual intercourse. Ah. So there's just lots of different rules and laws about it. But technically, sex work is stripping. It's working in pornography. It's being a professional dominatrix. It's being an mm. escort. There's so many different types of sex work. Mm -hmm. And often sex work can be very liberating and empowering for people mm -hmm. and be something that actually gives women power. <clears throat> yes. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there. I want to hear what people have to say. I want to hear what, what kind of questions people have. I'm sure people have opinions on it. Yes, there's drug abuse. Yes, there's all kinds of abuse. But that's true of any industry. Mm -hmm. And that's true of any kind of job, especially one when you're having to make yourself vulnerable. And I also feel like... If we were to stop vilifying sex work and mm -hmm. we made it a much more empowering experience, mm -hmm. you would see things like drug and alcohol abuse go down mm -hmm. because then people would be able to make better choices for themselves. They'd be right. able to get health care. They'd be able to do things that were within the limits of the law. They would have rights when they were abused. 
Instead, so many sex workers, I feel like, have to do things under the table in order to fulfill whatever choice it is that they're making, mm -hmm. but they don't get health coverage for certain things. Yeah, do they, they don't have the law on, the si on their side. Do they still have that thing called HIPS? Yes. Yeah, it's for health insurance for the sex workers, right? Right. Okay. And I don't know if that's just in D.C. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's HIPS. And then there's also an organization out of New York City called GEMS, and mm. they help young girls who have been either trafficked or have been um, pimped out right. for sex to right. get off of the streets, and they help educate. There are definitely organizations out there that are helping with sex workers, either who don't want to be in the business right. any longer or, like, HIPS who help to bring health care to women. Right. And, well, I guess any sex worker. Yeah. Because you can be trans and be a sex worker. Yeah, yeah, that's what dude. I was going to say. Because they have a lot of those in, in D.C., the trans men that walk the streets. Right. Uh, trans women. Yeah. Yeah. Sex work is something that I personally think, when you make an empowered choice to do, should be an honored profession. Yeah. It should be something that you are able to do with respect, that you're able to do with the full support of the law, and you should be able to have rights. And at the same time, we can be fighting against human trafficking, but there are a lot of things that I've been seeing, specifically Mistress Matisse post about sex workers. And some of these human trafficking organizations really believe that anyone who does sex work is in need of saving. Yeah. And I just have a problem with that. I guess there's a lot of people who will have go to the extremes of that when it comes to whatever they're trying to, you know, fight against. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's it's great to have someone that passionate to fight against human trafficking. Correct. Clearly that's a horrible situation. And it is, in fact, in our neighboring town here in Annandale, they just busted a whole bunch of sex worker houses. You're like, that is in our back door, you know, that right. is not in some, I don't, I don't even know where you would think something like that rampantly happens third world countries or whatever yeah. where or like a really big the city Russians, and like the yeah you know yeah. yeah massage parlor mm -hmm. yeah you know so it does happen and but i being again having had date, dated somebody been in a long-term relationship with somebody for four years who worked in the stripper industry here in the washington dc metropolitan area and they did a documentary movie and she got into the industry for the documentary and then she just continued with it mm -hmm. and the basis of her movie was the empowerment that the women got from their positions in yeah. that industry and one of her best friends they were both lesbians obviously and one of her best friends was not only a stripper but a dominatrix yeah. So, and it was completely for the sole power that they had over these men who wanted yeah. to, that was the case with a lot of the men who wanted to spend time with them was they wanted to save them. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there was that sense of wanting to save somebody out of this industry that they work in, yet they chose to be in that yeah. because A, the huge sense of power and the mad amount of money yes, that they made, exactly. the sickening amount of money yeah. that these people were throwing their way. And the sense of power that they had over them. Yeah, and I think power, I mean, power yeah. is sexy. That's half yeah. of why you do things like BDSM. Yeah. You know, I love being submissive to someone who's very powerful yeah. because there's this sense of, I don't know, surrender that you get, yeah. that you don't get in your normal life, especially if you're in a position of management yeah. or you have a busy family life. And, you know, conversely, there is something so intoxicating about someone giving up their power and handing it over to yeah. me and me all of a sudden being able to do right. anything that I want within, you know, the scope of whatever our mm -hmm. agreement is. But yeah. that power is 
it just like expands your chest and like you're just your toes curl and it's hot yeah so i totally see why someone would you know be willing to accept payment for something like that yeah anyway if you have any comments about sex work or getting over a sex rut using a strap-on in sex the best way to find a good strap-on please visit us at sexgetsreal.com and send us everything you've got we want to hear from you including comments Feel free to leave us comments, whether you love it, you hate it, you're confused by something. We want to hear if you've got questions for us, load them up, send them over. And we've got more episodes coming your way in the coming weeks. We'd also like to hear from you about your Valentine's Day plans, how it went. Were there any fiascos? What did you do that was hot and heavy? We want to hear from you. Valentine's Day is always a day that's loaded with emotions and interesting things that happen. And since Valentine's Day is just past at this point, we want to hear how things went. Did you not have sex? Did you have horrible sex? Did everything go wrong? Lay it on us. This is Dawn. And this is Dylan. And this is Sex Gets Real.